You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. <laughs> oh my God. Are you going? <laughs> hey, guys. Are you going? Yeah, we're going, man. It's casual. Dude, here's why I love Welcome face. to the After Laugh. Go ahead. Adam Ray I, is my guest, and he's looking at his laugh, phone. After Laugh. Here's, first of all, love the, love the song. Do listen yeah. to the pod. You're great. Song is great. But real quick to segue into our first topic. Yes. Facebook. A is buddy that a of, thing? A buddy of mine from Universal Studios, where I worked, posted a picture of him with a glass of milk with a real serious face. Face. I said face and face. Okay, so he says, <laughs> always shoot first. Hashtag black, blacks pie, pyre outpost. For what? a behind-the-scenes look at this photo, see somebody else's handle, hashtag InstaStory. Dude, if I ever post a picture of me with a glass of milk, it better be <laughs> like some got milk outtakes. Yeah. Or... Um, or like I'm getting ready to launch my cookie company, and I'm like, this is, you know what goes great with cookies? <laughs> Milk. And while, you, while I got you here, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have I'm you ever... so confused what that was about. What was he posting? Exactly. So here's the thing. If you're going to post a picture of you with a glass of milk, what do you think needs to be? What would the post? It'd be a, some sort of a joke, right? Yeah. we're comedians. When you post something. Calm, boobies, something. Calm and boobies, dude. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> All right, know. let's get into the podcast. <laughs> That's what you call the cold open. <laughs> I'm so smart that I came up with coming boobies I know, from milk, dude, aren't I? The show's not getting any smarter than that. By the way, um, I want a <laughs> quick segue into the fact that you worked at Universal Studios. Sure. So I think I knew that. Were you Wolverine? Is I that was, a- yeah. I think probably when you met me, I was just done with that or just started it. But uh, that was 2010 to 2012. No. Wolverine was 2008 to 2010. And then I was a New York cop where I walked around the park in like a fake 1940s cop uh, outfit. Around Universal Studios. Yeah. Just trying to mix it up with people, doing shitty bits like blowing a whistle at John Stamos while he's walking slow and being like, you know, Boop, slow down, Jay, you're going too fast. It's not a race. <laughs> to which Stamos looked at me. Acknowledged that I was an actor trying to do a bit and just goes, nice. And I was like, oh, boy. Uncle Jesse just pulled the rug out from under a struggling actor at a theme Wait, park. Wait, so you were up until 2012? You were doing 13. Uh, no, no, no. 11. And then I got fired because I started taking road work with Bobby Lee. My boss was like, it looks like you don't really want to be here. I was like, yeah, you're yeah. exactly fucking right. This is a means to an end. She's like, look at, look at, uh, look at um, Shay. He wants to be here. He's number one Captain America. He's number two Falcon in the Waterworld show. Oh, and yeah. you're number three Wolverine, Adam. You know why? Because you don't want to be here. I'm like, Jenna, you're so fucking right. And guess what? Number three Wolverine, even when you say that, makes me feel bad about myself. So maybe just say Wolverine. Um, you know what I'm saying? That's when you and learned then, you were the number three Wolverine. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, that's third string Wolverine. Uh, Jay Moore used to bust my balls about that. And every time he sees me, he calls me third string Wolverine. And it's like, <laughs> and it, because that's what I, because one time I told him, I was like, there were three guys on the call sheet. They're, they're, when I got hired, there were two guys above me. Yeah. And so it was like a rotational thing where it was like that one guy for a while had five days a week. And then I had three. Another guy had four. 
because um, you always had two Wolverines rotating like 35 minutes on, 25 off. But when I told Jay I was third on the call sheet, he's like, you're third string Wolverine. <laughs> and I was like, dude, that makes it sound way worse than it is. There's got to be a, a TV series there. Have you, have you written that pilot? Have a friend of mine and that? I have definitely uh, chalked up the world for an animated series. And, you know, it, it's funny in this business how, you know, nobody knows – what the fuck is right or wrong or what is what can go and what can't and what is right and what's wrong and literally I had one manager who I kind of pitched this to loosely go had another client Paul Shear at the time he said uh, try to pitch a theme park show to HBO and he said it uh, didn't go because it was going to be too expensive and I go well yeah this is animated so we can do anything yeah I don't know how much it's going to cost to make it because I don't know because I'm a couple years into this <clears throat> but I feel like you can do way more and it's not live action. So you don't have to build a theme park. And he just was, and I think probably part of him was like driven by, I have another client trying to do an, uh, a theme park show. So why would oh. I try to get another one going? But it all it took for me not having enough chutzpah and, and, and you know, balls to really, to, to go, Oh, that's just one opinion. And, and uh you know, it's not like this guy's the gatekeeper, but it was enough to to crush it for me. Yeah. Oh so looking God. back, it was like I mean, I'm sure we've all had those things where it's one person is like, I don't know, you know, whether it's an audition or whatever, and you're or even a crowd, and you're like, all right, I guess that joke didn't work because that crowd didn't like it. Yeah. You have to have the the wherewithal to go. No, no, no. That's yeah. one time. Yeah. There's like a learned helplessness that can happen all of a sudden. Like I went through pitches, and then when they died, I'm like, never again. They don't work out. I'm Eeyore now. No. Um, now, I do want to no, say- you're Pooh. You're Winnie the Pooh. My first <laughs> my first exposure to you, that sounded really sexual, but my first it exposure did. to you was- uh, Through the window of a coffee this, bean. So let's let's backtrack. You went to USC or UCLA? Yep. USC. USC, yeah. And you were an acting major. Yes. You had, Tommy, you probably haven't seen this, but you had a, it was like a prank video you made where you won the lottery. Oh, Yeah. With your girlfriend. And what was really cool about this. That was the girl that I actually made the uh, Universal Studios uh, cartoon uh, with. Yeah, the girl we, who should actually my wife play, we should play maybe the audio uh, oh, you of this should. On the podcast. By the way, she cried in the sketch. It was my first intro to somebody in a video that was so silly bringing it. And I was like, oh, damn. Because, like, f- for people who haven't seen it, there was a part on America's Funny Stone Videos. Uh, in the show where, you know, they'd have these, Tom Bergeron would set up like, you know, uh, dad's getting hit in the nuts. And then here's a funny thing of people falling off of ladders and whatever. <laughs> and this one was fake lottery tickets, which is very evil. If you truly think about what that is, giving somebody a ticket in which mm-hmm. they think their life is changing and then it's not. Yeah. What? And so Bergeron's like, we all know these fake lottery tickets, blah, blah, blah. We all get them. And, and boy, is it silly. And uh, let's take a look at a few people that, you know, and then they would show on the real show people that got these tickets. They freak out. And then everyone laughs and they quickly go, nah, it's a joke, yeah. Aunt Karen, you dumb fucking, dumb fucking, <laughs> fucking bitch. And she's like, oh, how dare you? All right. Well, it's still my birthday, right? And like, yeah, I guess. And so <laughs> one kid in the corner, I guess it's your birthday. Um, so uh, so we chose to take the heightened sketch version of that and and uh, and have me freak out on my brother and my my. Your girlfriend. girlfriend call my boss and quit. Basically, showing what would really happen if someone thought they won the lottery. Call my boss. Fuck you, Mr. Parsons. You piece of shit. And then telling my girlfriend, 
that I'm hooking up with her sister and all this shit. <laughs> and she starts like crying in the sketch. I remember doing it being like, holy shit. Like, and it made me like get lost in a little bit more and like definitely yeah. like ramp up my, uh, you know, my, my acting. And it, it, it's actually really amazing because it's believable. Like you look at it and you go, oh, this guy thinks he had a real, like you're, you're acting. Because yeah, my buddy it, shot it really like really great. well to where it looks like it's on a home video thing. I got stopped at the airport, no joke. I don't get recognized. Every now and then from something or a video or st- stand-up clips, factory um, stand-up clips, uh, you know, get, are seen by a lot of people. There's, you know, every now and then something, you know, not uh, not a, a crazy amount. But somebody did stop me at the airport about a year after that video and was oh. like, dude, fucking like fake lottery video, man. And I was like, oh, yeah, what's up? And, and <laughs> dude, I, this was like a real early stage of even any, like to where I was like, no way. And the TSA, and he's like, what's up, man? He's like, holy shit. He's like, that's crazy. that's crazy that shit happened, man. He's like, you still talk to that girl? And I was like, and I like, hey, wait, what? And he's yeah. like, you still talk to that girl? And I was like, that was a sketch, man. And I go, uh, <laughs> I go, that was, a, that was not real. And he goes, nah, that shit was real as fuck, man. I go, no, no, I'm telling you. Yeah. Because I did it. It was not, it was not real. And he's yeah. like, nah, dude, that's fucking crazy. Do you guys still kick it or what's going on with that? <laughs> so you didn't win that money. Would you go back to your job? And I go. No, man, it didn't. That was fake. And he was like, and he just didn't want to buy it. Oh, that's funny, man. No, it is really good. I remember, I remember it was one of those things I watched, you know, I was like, oh, this guy's acting. Fuck him. He's good. You know what I mean? That little, Yikes, like, dude. spark of little, jealousy. Little YouTube. Like, but it's cool. I've always wanted to tell you that. It was really, it was Thanks, really, I it was really great. Um, Let's welcome to the podcast real yeah, quick, Justin a- Ruppel for the first time on the Afterlife podcast. Thank you, Adam. I appreciate it. It's good to be here. Great. Thanks, Jay. Justin, uh, do, you, do you want, um, do you want anything to drink or anything eat to drink? or smoke Do you want a Quest cookie? I, I'm I'm all I'm all good. I just do you uh, get down on <laughs> Quest protein cookies, Justin? Uh, I have not. I've never before. There's one for indulged. you right there, bro. Uh, maybe Killing we spark it. this J up real quick and keep yeah, the we good times rolling. Now I'm I'm not I'm going to be very light on this because I become very uh, retarded after like three. After I call this the Matrix Buster because. <clears throat> When I smoke this, all of a sudden, like, people get revealed to me. You know what I mean? Whoa. Like, truths get revealed to me. So if you're a bad person, I will know this after, like, three hits. Yikes. And you'll frighten. Okay. I gotta go. I like how you're lighting it, though, dude. That's like a... You, you got that stage puff, too. Like, have you smoked in a uh, theatrical production? Because do people know that you are a true <laughs> stage thespian? That's why I appreciate your, your fake uh, lottery ticket. Yeah. Because you're an actor, dude. Because I'm an actor. I love that about you, dude. We got that you going too. for us. By the way, there's a lot of comics turned actors. I feel like we were the other way around. Yeah. So you you were. Uh, let's get to your comedy. How did comedy start for you? You were an actor, and then you came out. I was raped the... by a clown when I was nine. I knew it. I knew it. That's the same old story, man. <laughs> Is it? What if it was? <laughs> God, that would be a real big bummer. A uh, real big bummer if that was like true intro for a lot of comedians. And everyone's like, dude, all these guys have the same clown rape bit and they're like yeah. no that's a real thing dude yeah there's a lot of clowns in the 80s that went around trying to get kids into comedy he was right like, why did they why just so why did they just show them how to do like balloon animals and give them punchlines <laughs> eh, they were horny too um so uh all right you can cut that out but um <laughs> no, no it's the best leave it in no i uh look i saw eddie murphy delirious when i was a um when i was a jewish kid that doesn't matter. When I was in the 10th grade. <laughs> and I think before that, I'd seen some Sinbad videos. I oh, saw John Belushi's SNL Best Of that my dad showed me. And I was like, this is crazy. The Sinbad was probably my first taste of stand-up. Um, you, you saw him live or you saw his tape? I wish, dude. No, on uh, on video. But I did. 
full circle, then when Sinbad was coming to the Ontario Improv and I started kind of getting to the host rotation at the Improv, I hit up uh, Katie West and I go, Katie, my dad's living in Laughlin right now, working as a doctor. That's four hours away. I go, Sinbad's coming in what, a month or now uh, from, from now. I go, you got to let me host so I can bring my dad out. And like, because that's like, this is what he that's showed me and he was a big Sinbad fan. And now I'm going to come like be on the shows. And we hung and then stayed up, by the way, till like 3 a.m. every night, just shooting the shit. Sinbad has stories for days. Sure. And by the way, he murders. He told a story. We told a story about him and Martin Lawrence performing for the ambassador of Cuba. And Martin Lawrence, not knowing that the ambassador's wife was front row, and apparently she was uh, kind of heavy, he's just <laughs> ripping her with some fat jokes. And they put a hit out on Martin. And so they what? had to sneak him out on a boat. And we're trying to kill him. And they sneak him out before Sinbad went on. Holy shit! This is, is this was a throwaway story, and I'm like, yeah. oh boy! And it was just it turned into a a, a podcast without mics where I just I yeah. tried to just keep asking questions. And he's also friends with everybody and just seen it and done it all. And he just seems like a nice guy. Talking about the times and stand up where you know we didn't have phones and and all that. And and he literally you you did a gig. I think it was like late '70s or early '80s. And he's like, you did a gig, and then they booked you, and you just you wrote it down in your counter. They wrote it down, and you're like, all right. I don't have enough money for a plane, but in eight weeks I'm gonna leave Texas and go back to Florida and figure and get there somehow. Yeah, and I'll come back and I'll just be here for this gig, you know. Jesus. <clears throat> um, but yeah, true beast. But so that was the first stand-up I saw. Living Color was a big culprit of of all this. Yeah, and then obviously you you get your uh, individuals with like Ron Williams and Jim Carrey and mm-hmm. Sandler and um, uh, Pelushi. Obviously, Farley was a big one. Yeah. Farley probably took it up a notch. It's also like the time where you start to get like I used to print call a lot of Seattle sports radio stations. <laughs> that was like one way I was like, oh, I think I whatever. Like to me, it was just fun and silly. You do but then I would or whatever. <clears throat> oh, I dude. At one point, I would call the 950 KJR radio station, and I called one time four times in a row in different voices, and they put me through every time. I literally called like one time would be like, hey, well, what's up? My name's Kevin from Puyallup. Yeah, yeah. I think I just you know, they pick up. They go, "What do you want to talk about?" I go, "It's Kevin from Pialop." They go, "What do you want to talk about, Kevin?" I go, "Ah, it's just a bit, you know." And I would always come in with like a legitimate gripe, so that they would just put me through. So I like, "Ah, it's the pitching. It needs to get better." So I just hit my inhaler. I just the pitching uh, needs to get a little bit stronger. They're like, "All right, hang on," and they put me through. Now, Kevin from Pialop, what's going on? I was like, "Guys, we need to trade Kegafree Junior. He's just he's like, a, yeah, I think we could trade him for some hot dogs and some cookies." And they're just like, "You're done, Kevin." They click, they hang up, and I call right back and big. Uh, hi, is Toby uh, from North Seattle? Uh, my mom, my mom uh, won't wash my jersey, and I don't want to know if you guys like know how to like wash stuff because like we don't have water or soap. And they're just like, "All right, dude, you're done." Like they just hang up, and then every now and then I'd get on, and they'd like let me stay on for a minute, and I'd just kind of riff with them. And this was all super late night. I'd videotape it, or I'm sorry, tape it on my uh, my first Sony on a cassette tape, and then I'd bring it on the bus the next day and play it from uh, from my buddies on the bus, and they would all just like, "Oh my god, I can't!" And we'd all laugh and. And, uh, and then I was like, oh, shit, that was kind of fun to keep doing that. And then I started impersonating friends and teachers. And then there was a girl named Annie Bernhard who was like the new girl in school. And she moved to uh, <clears throat> Seattle in the fourth grade. Everybody had a crush on her. She had a real big crush on my uh, skinny uh, athletic friend Evan Hatch and didn't have a crush on me because I was a fucking fat kid even though I was way funnier than Evan. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so I realized I could <clears> – <throat> this is very real – I could mimic Annie's voice. 
right? Yeah. My voice hadn't hit to where it is now, but I can like, you know, just, she had a real faint voice, almost a little raspy. And so I uh, would call Evan because I had his number because you get the phone tree, <laughs> you get the phone book. And I would pretend to be Annie and call him and talk to him for 20, 30 minutes oh at a time. Oh, my God. My buddy's just in there laughing. Would you like, record it too? No, that seemed too diabolical. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, you like this again? And then I would, you know, go to the school the next day and be like, uh, and Evan's like, he bragging. He's like, yeah, Annie, I talked on the phone for like two hours last night. Or like, no way, what happened? And I would start guessing things that I was like, did this happen? He's like, yeah. Oh, my God. And then finally I told him. I mean, that's diabolical shit when you really think about it. <laughs> Fucking the fifth grade. Yeah. Oh, this is fifth grade, too. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> you were advanced, man. It's, isn't it funny? It's all for girls. Like, I had such a crush on her, and I was just like, I hated that she liked him. And, and dude, I remember when I found out that, like, he had a birthday party and, like, didn't invite me, invited Annie, and all these other people went. So it was also, like, double. I was yeah. doubling down on my hatred for the hatch, <laughs> you know? And, uh, by the way, cut two, married my high school girlfriend, high school sweetheart. He uh, did. He married. Oh, yeah. Oh. So I guess fuck He got his dude. revenge. Fuck yeah, he did. <laughs> when you uh, Wow, I've never actually put that together. Because I think about, because I did tell him one day, right? Finally, it was just like, my, one of my buddies, Aaron Skinner, he was like, he was like, dude, you got to tell him. You got to tell him you can't keep fucking with him. Like, he thinks he's really talking to her. And like, look at him at school. He's like being way more flirtatious and friendly with her. And she's not, you know, she's also a girl in the fourth grade. So she's not completely having it. Like, she's not looking for a me too, but she's, she's looking for a fucking, you know, like a, you know, like I don't know. You know, insert funny improv. But she's, you know, she's, she's, uh, she's, she's not all about you know everything that you're doing in yeah. the fucking fourth grade. And so, uh, and so I told him one day. He was like, "Hey, uh, so how are you talking about going with Annie?" He was like, "Yeah, good, man. Things are great. I think we're gonna we're gonna skate next week at the skating party." I was like, "That's fucking crazy, dude." I remember when I asked Ellen Brola, and she fucking like stuck her tongue out at me, and I asked her outside the bathroom. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But um, so. I got to tell you something, man. He's like, what? I'm like, have all the talks with Annie been going great? And I kind of do oh, the, voice. the voice. Oh, yeah. And he just goes, what? Dude, I'll never forget his face. Isn't that crazy? Oh. Just pale white. And he was like, what's, he goes, what What was that? What was that? He knew what it was, but he was so just shell-shocked. He's yeah. like, why did you do that? And I was like, man, I've been fucking with you, man. I mean, I didn't say that cool. I was just, I didn't say that cool. Before. I've been fucking with you, dog. I've been to Bernhard. No, I was like, uh, her name was Annie Bernhard. I said, uh, I said, it's been me, man. And he was just like, walked away, was like, just like out of his, uh, out of his element. And, uh, and I felt bad. So again, to your point, <laughs> sounds like to your point a few minutes ago, cut to Mary's, uh, my, my uh, high school girlfriend. So like, and they're, and they're, by the way, he called me. And they're married still? Yeah, with a couple kids. Married with a couple kids? He's also bald, so like he I guess things what came back around. What's that? He called you recently? Uh, no. Justin's laughing when I say he's bald, so things come back around. Because that, for <laughs> sure, I'll, I got to be honest, dude. We all, by the way, let's just take a moment to acknowledge the hair in this on this patio right now. Yeah. <laughs> you got four gentlemen with a head of hair. Yeah. Who, when we were born... Things there was not. They didn't have to be like. Should we take some of the pubes and put them on the head? Like this kid's got nothing up there. Yeah. By the way, no doctor would ever suggest that. But if they did, you'd be oh, a little yeah. curious to be like, how much are we paying this guy? Because he's funny, and I think he was joking about the pubes on the head thing. But if he does do that, maybe that's like revolutionary. If, if you think about it, like you don't need your pubes anymore. Are we talking not- about a baby's pubes <laughs> right now? Great point, and that need to be said. Should we take this baby's pubes and you know move them up? So funny, is that this, me or the doctor? This baby's got a full was, bush. Yeah, yeah this baby my has a impression fu- of you as, yeah, an, as, as the, the doctor. doctor. Yeah, but yeah, and then somebody in the back is just like, "Yo, doctor, 
can we just all talk about the elephant in the room? This baby's got a full set of pubes. <laughs> what happened in that placenta? And he's like, dude, I, I fucking, I wish I knew. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're Don't not supposed so to take Rogaine while you're pregnant. Activities. What's that? You're not supposed to take Rogaine while you're pregnant. It's a woman taking <laughs> oh Rogaine. Oh, my God. That's a great me, by the way. Um, oh, you said Adam Ray? I didn't know that. Oh, thanks, guys. I do you on stage, by the way. Do you really? It's my only impression. No, you don't. Yeah, it's most of my act. You got to do somebody famous. I do all your bits. It's <laughs> you. I love that. About you. Wait, I let love me, that. Let me see At UCB. Let, let me see you do an Adam Ray impersonation. He just did it. I just did it. I can't do it again. How about a bit? You know, when my buddy Sandy Danto <laughs> used to do an impression on me, and he would just do like my very like my first bit that I would, you know, that first bit you have where it's like. You know, whether it's a five-minute set, a three-minute set, or a 20-minute set. Well, the, fir the first bit that I remember doing was a bit about – I did a Giggles Comedy Club in Seattle. They just uh, turned into Jiggles for a minute, the strip club, then back to Giggles. <laughs> now it's Laughs Comedy Spot. But it uh, was where I would do open mics. Um, I did one before I moved down here, and then when i go home for the holidays – I could get 15 to 20 friends to come out. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do two. I would do one on, I think it was Sundays and when? Sundays and Sundays Thursday? And Thursday yeah. And what year is this? This is like 2001. Oh, 2001. 2007. But see, here's, here's why I say I started in 2007. Because 2001, I did, what, well, that year, uh, let's see, in December when I go back, two open mics. Yeah. And then when I would go back in that summer, another two open mics. Yeah. Four open mics over a year. That's not doing it, yeah. right? Two thousand. So and that happened for uh, two thousand one, then not in two thousand two or two thousand three, and then two thousand four. I studied abroad in London uh, from college and did like four bar shows, right? Yeah. So now we're talking what twelve times, yeah. and then not again until two thousand seven. So starting two thousand seven, you know, you don't count. Uh, 12 times over four years, you wouldn't yeah. add that up and go, I've been doing it this long. I don't it's know. Interesting though, 2007 is when I started when I go, oh, I'll drive to Santa Barbara to do eight minutes before a guest spot. You yeah, know what I'm exactly. saying? Because <laughs> I want stage time and I want to get out of here and I want to do a show that's not a mic. So when you when you started and you were doing like just a couple bar shows, were you kind of, did you not look at it as, as your, your thing, your passion? Were you kind of not that into it? Or what was the reason that kept you from being... OCD about it. Like a lot of people are like, after I did my first show, that was it. I was Yeah, no, I knew. I, I actually did know. And it was scary. Yep. And and I would find reasons to not do it. And then mm -hmm. I would do uh I was doing a lot of sketch and improv too. So when I started and even in 07, I was doing, you know, a bunch of open mics and then some shows with the haha -ha and uh but classes at uh, Groundlings for a little bit and then UCB. And I was like, oh, I'm going to just keep my foot in both pools. Yeah. And I was doing all these improv rehearsals and trying to get a sketch group going and then trying to do the mics. And it was just a lot. And I was just not sleeping. I was so tired. And I was just like, I was like, man, going back and forth is like, and every time I'd be at the stand-up and then I would leave to maybe go hang out on an improv thing. And I was like, I got to be, I got to do, it's, it's got to be one or the other. What made you choose stand-up over improv? Oh, not relying on anybody but you. Yeah. It seemed way more challenging. Not that improv is not, and the people, and even in the classes and shows we did, whatever, like, there is a skill to that and an art form and a listening uh, ability, and it's great in its own right, but, and again, it's like, you know, I don't like to make a blanket statement like, this is better than this, this is more challenging than this, but for me... Uh, stand-up just felt more challenging, and I was more afraid of it. Yeah. Improv, I just was like, oh, you're going on with other people. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, and, and I've developed a rapport with these people, so I feel real comfortable. So, yeah, it is fun, 
but I don't feel I don't feel scared because I was yeah. just like even if I fuck up something and say whatever I got someone right there to get me. Yeah. If you got a cool group, which I feel like I did, you know. So so stand up felt more challenging, and uh, and only relying on you for your rehearsals with your mics. And I felt like it was like the drop of a hat. I could be at a friend's birthday party. I didn't want to be at and get a call being like, do you want to go do this show? Or yeah. can you fill in here? Or, or, Hey, there's this new mic here. Like, and I was like, Oh fucking, I'm, I'm out. So I always knew because of that too, that I yeah. was starting to make it a priority, but I, I was so scared of what I knew that it took, you know what I'm saying? Which uh-huh. was being at clubs all the time and just really giving yourself over to it. I was dating a girl at the time and I just wanted to still do that and yeah. uh and so once her and i broke up she fucked the camera guy in reno yada 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 <laughs> oh, the next pixar God movie but uh so um <laughs> and i've said this before but i made a video of that whole situation i wrote a song about it called reno cheater and then my buddy animated it and it's on youtube look it up it's a catchy ass song that it. guy who <laughs> fucked my ex jeff what up jeff if you're listening um i use his real name in the fucking cartoon of the song and uh People that I got to know who worked at the station through my ex hit me up later being like, yo, long time, haven't talked to you, hope all's good, I, blah, blah, blah. Jeff, who you met, who fucking, I found this video, a friend sent it to me, he still works here, he saw it, he thinks the video's hilarious, he's like, you should know. And I'm like, of course he does, it's all about him fucking my ex, you know what I'm saying? And uh, But that was crazy to me, but so... So once we split, because obviously that was a deal breaker. Yeah. Um, it was tough to take though, because like I don't know if you've gotten cheated on, but you definitely start asking questions that you don't want to know the answers to. Like what? Oh, dude, I was just like, she told me she we we were gonna drive to San Fran from Reno for Thanksgiving to be in her with her family, <clears throat> and I sit down and and we and we were in a room and we're gonna hang out for an hour and then drive up to San Fran. And she all of a sudden she just sits down on the bed and pulls out a piece of paper and just starts crying, and I just go, "You've been working on some short stories." I go, why are you getting so emotional? Like, and she just goes, I, 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 I tell you something. And I was like, oh, God. what do you have to, what do you have to, t- what, what is, what, why? She's like, so, you know, that things have been kind of rocky. And I was just like, Uh-oh. yeah. And she's like, and I started to hang out with Jeff. And met. and I was like, and what, what? And then I just went straight to it. And I go, did he fuck you? <laughs> and she goes, and I was like, okay. And then I was like, oh, yeah. And then I was like, uh, did you suck his dick? And she was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, what did it taste like? And she goes, why would you ask me that? I was like, I don't know. I'm having a tough time processing this information. What did and it then, taste yeah, like? Yeah. And then, uh, and then, and then. And then I was like, did you let him finish in you? And she goes, no, why, why, no, of course oh not. God. What do you mean, of course not? Like, that's a dumb question that I just asked. <laughs> yeah, and hey, so. Can you pull out come on my face, please? Jesus. I know, I know. I have what a boyfriend. Yeah, I have yeah. a boyfriend. Come on my face. <laughs> can you come on my face? <laughs> so, so, cuz, dude, it's a, it was a it's raw, a reaction, emotional. Yeah. I said it like I haven't done it, by the way. Like, ask those questions. Yeah, every yeah. time I do that. I, I, maybe, I don't know. I mean, it just is so you're, you're. What I knew was I can't leave because I'm in Reno. Mm-hmm. And where do I go? You know, jump into the Truckee River and drown myself? Yeah, um, Jesus Christ. Dude, plug that in. Plug and that so, in. Um, and so uh, so that was the end of that, dude. But we um, – anyway, that happened. We broke up. 
And then I go, now I'm full into comedy. Now I got no reason to, nothing, nothing's holding me back. You're at the clubs every night now. And I got it. Now I have nothing to like rush home to maybe call or, or whatever it was. Or go to dinner. Yeah. Or see a movie together. And now it was, uh, which is all fine, but I didn't, I wanted a reason to not uh, yeah. have to make an excuse. And so then I was all in and, and haven't, uh, haven't turned back ever since. I haven't. <laughs> Well, hold on, hold on. Quick outside outside perspective. He does the he does the taglines. Get zero percent financing oh, and, and zero money down on your roll. Okay, we are, we took a, a brief hiatus uh, to uh, bring in so, Justin's microphone. Thank you. You can hear his dulcet tones now. <laughs> well, here's a it's a funny insight to Adam because when I started was two thousand six seven. And at the same club that he was talking about, he got his start. Giggles, yeah. Giggles, Giggles. then Jiggles, and Giggles. And, and yeah, same stage, by the way. That's and hilarious. same sadness. Same, exactly. <laughs> you know what? Sadness. We probably had more. Yeah. No, there was more sadness at Giggles than you know, there was at Jiggles. There, there's, yeah. More there's, money being made by the Jiggles. The strip club yeah. to comedy club thing has happened a lot. It was at the Times really? Square Laugh Factory. Did you ever do the Times Square Laugh Factory? No, and I wish, kind of but I, I was out there with uh, uh, aforementioned uh, Reno Cheater, in New York, doing open mics, uh, and I would walk by it all the time, and and would just again like fantasize, being like, God, fucking, I know, I I should go in there and try to, but it's such a scary thing to even like oh, go yeah. into a comedy club by yourself, and you're like, I want to, like in your head, you're like, I want to tell them that I like comedy, and that I want to, I'm thinking about doing it. Maybe oh. that'll, maybe they'll let me they'll in. Like, really, oh. get up on that stage? Yeah, I do. You're that delusional, man. <laughs> you right? Have to be. When you, you have don't to be know. To do it. Yeah. Well, when he would, uh, when Adam would come back home for the holidays, we <laughs> I was part of that little group that would beg for stage time on the open mics. And if you, if you gave enough game to the owner Terry, he would eventually put you up. Yeah. But Adam would come in on the holidays and literally just crush. Yeah. And we, you'd sit back. It was I a mean, group of like talking open mics. Sorry, crushing for your friends. <laughs> hey, but that's that's it a hard crowd. Matter. So, like back then, we would sit and and talk about, all right, well, how do how do we go about this whole thing? And Adam had already been the only one who'd been to L.A. and done it successfully in our heads. Yeah. Wait, and wait, so you're maybe talking like three, four years when I met you. Yeah, you right? already been, you had already said 2000. I met you in 2007, 2008 before I had won the giggles. Yeah. Okay. Competition. Ooh, oh, shut up. Bragging. Well, yeah, after dude. he and Adam. to make this Adam, podcast about your accomplishments. Adam, Adam and Jeff We get left. it. You travel. <laughs> and Adam, Jeff, and Fahim had left. So everybody. So who you were, uh, Fahim and what came up with you, and who else? Jeff who? I, No, Fahim's uh, maybe five, five, I think Fahim just said 17 years. I'm 12. So he was, he'd been doing it. Oh, wow. And so when I, yeah, he, he to me was like doing it. Like, yeah. Definitely. Um, and, uh. But I, I mean, I, so I didn't come up with anybody there. I mean, these are the people that were doing it yeah. around that time, um, from the Seattle circuit. From the Seattle circuit. But I guess yeah. it, you know, then as it goes on, people. But he built up a legend. Because what a clay. You legend. don't. You don't. Because he was know. he would come and go and just murder and well, then that's leave. What I'm Hilarious. Yeah, like just some right. like gunslinger. He doesn't know this because he wasn't part <laughs> of these conversations. And take fuck off. yeah. Fuck your mom's girlfriend. <laughs> it would basically. Your yeah, exactly. mom, fuck your mom's girlfriend, dude. That is so. That sounds like a McConaughey line or like a, like who says that in a movie? Let's find the movie. Let's find the actor and then the scene. <laughs> like I'm gonna. Like is it is who it a threat as he walks in? out? Like I'll see you pussies later, yo and Darnell. 
I'm going to fuck your mom's girlfriend next week. Like the mom's gay or is that like a saying? Because yeah. that is a Dude, true it's, it's power a, slam. Okay, it's a mark if your mom's either, a lesbian. It's a Wahlberg line for sure. You just invented a catchphrase that has yet to exist. or Because or, if your mom is a true one lesbian exists, yeah. and her girlfriend your is gay. like, one your, one, your mom's gay. Two, I broke her heart. Whoa. And yeah. you fucked her her girlfriend like she made that choice and let's say she was also straight and married before that and then divorced <laughs> and then became gay and then falls in love after like years of not finding any sort of companionship yeah. and her son is like <laughs> off doing his thing but loses his job and moves back home mm-hmm. and the mom's like well you can come in with me and uh, Susan because we're real happy and I don't think the cats would mind and uh, and I just feel like our energy is good for you Come back and just be with us. And do, but you won't be in the way. But if you are in the way, guess what? You're here. Your and family. we're here and your family. Mm-hmm. And then guess what? Three months in, she gets busy with work. She starts traveling a little bit, <laughs> comes back. She comes in, we're snuggling on the couch watching mm-hmm. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. And she goes, this is my, this is the best one. Guys, she comes from the back and the couch you can't see. You just see the TV because yeah. the couch is so tall that you can't see that there's bodies because we're stretched out yeah. 69 and on the You're couch. You're during Raiders of the Lost Ark? Oh, yeah. Dude. So you've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's 1996. Yeah, we're doing everything yeah. on that couch. It's just like background music at that point. <laughs> that couch is basically just. He knows what parts to make the moves on. Dude, right? I yeah. know where the recliner is and the cup holder, and bad I ain't dates. going in that order. What's that? After he says bad dates, you start eating box. Yep. This ain't my first time in your mom's house, okay? Hilarious. This ain't my I first found my 69. Way around I'm well. 39, I've 18. Yeah. So. Pick a number. Pick a number. Pick what is this, Baskin Robbins? Good night, everybody. So, uh, so you're 69 and your mom's girlfriend on the couch. And then she goes, guys. And then you pop up. And then you just hear, do, 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 do. And a slow zoom on mom's face. I don't want to wait. <laughs> For our lives to be over. So what's the movie called? I don't know. But what how does it even start? <laughs> don't laugh, give me a title. Wait, I, I want... gotta sell this tomorrow. I gotta pitch me oh, to get seven AM to Hollywood. <laughs> Your best man. mom's girl. Your best mom's girl. Your best, your mom's... best mom's girl. Or it's called Darnell. Darnell. Your best friend's mom's girlfriend. It's called I Know What You uh, Did Last Night. Be... Oh dude, all these are joke BFMG. titles. What about a real title? <laughs> yeah, let's get serious. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about this being a real thing or not? <laughs> anyway, moving on. Wait, by the next way. Next question. The next question is this. It is a bit. You, we never got to your first Wait, bit. Wait, what? Your oh, yeah. First oh, first bit. Yeah, yeah. So uh, was at this gym and uh, just fucking pumping iron. And, and I remember walking in. It was my first taste of like. Dick. Hilarious. No, sorry. Well, seeing it. <laughs> Old men that were comfy to be buck naked yeah. in the locker room and walking in and being like, like I just look high school kids. There was a kid named Morgan Nielsen in my high school, famously shit on his driveway, got grounded for a month. <laughs> he he did something called FP, flaming pubes at basketball camp. He was six four two forty. Used to tackle kids buck naked in the shower. Looking back, like whoa, nowadays you're like hilarious. But uh, he uh, at basketball camp would. Uh, spray uh, uh, hairspray on his pubes and then light them on fire and it would go like this in a big flame and we would all just die laughing. His name was Morgan Nielsen. I would die laughing if I saw that right Dude, now. I literally cried what? laughing watching that which I'm like, what does that mean? No, dude, you got to take yourself back. On paper, not funny at all. Disgusting. No, it's hilarious. We're it's adults. We're adults it's, back in, in the day and he's hilarious. and he's, he's a big dude and he's just like a Farley type guy, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And also a great athlete so it's crazy. How would he put himself out? <clears throat> 
just hit it really hard. Uh, by the way, by the way, and other teams, that's... other teams, it got so popular. Other teams would come down. We'd go up and be like, "Yo, I mean, people." Here's a great it. way. And they would come down, <laughs> and when we packed the room with them, like four teams, and people were all. It was so funny, dude. It's an intimidation, and it made me so happy. I go, life can be so great. Like, look how many people. A lot of us didn't know each other. We're all down there for this camp, and like after that, like guys are hanging out, talk, and guys are so easy and dumb and feeble minded to where it was like we bonded over a fucking dude letting his pupils on fire because afterwards we were all like, holy shit. How funny was that? Oh man, what time is you guys game tomorrow? Oh shit! That's funny. And you guys, no, are you playing Camac? But yeah, but, but and all of a sudden, you're like, you fucking, you're making buddies with people, and you're just like, dude, over flaming over pubes. pubes. By the anyway, way, so Morgan, yeah, yeah, that'd be a, this is that was your way. first bit. No, so I yep. would see him right. tackle kids naked in the shower, or whatever. <laughs> All right, dude, back on track. First bit, I'm in the gym working out. I'm I would come in after, and I was just like, "All right, old guys get naked. That's the thing. They're just like they don't care. They're just like, hey, this is me. I've been hiding it for 72 years. It's time to be me." And uh, <laughs> they wouldn't say that. That would have been weird. And I'm just like, "All right, man, it's cool. I'm just gonna again, I'm gonna grab a Q-tip and then I'm all, I'm out." But you know, nobody was questioning the nudity. And so uh, the joke was I see, would see this all the time and be like weirded out, but then my workouts would be killer. So then I started to think that like maybe I need to see it, but maybe that's the – I'm superstitious. Maybe I'm like, dude, it's not the protein powder. It's these old man dick and balls that I keep seeing 20 minutes before I hit the – hit the gym and I have these great workouts. I like, I'm always beating my best. So I was like, I'm, I'm starting to think I need to see this. So now I'm going in being like, yo, Stan, um, can you turn a little bit like that? And I'd be like, yeah, there we go. And I'd go out and just be like another record, you know, so stupid. <laughs> see, that's why he's good in that early. If that's his first, bit, I'm sorry, no. Adam. That, yeah. that's, but can I, can I that's, say what's cool about that? That's, he's like, yo, do you mind if I do that? It's a trope that the, 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 the you know, naked man in the gym is a trope that people may be a little hacky, right. but that's a completely different. Oh, when it's your that. first thing, too. Completely different perspective. Yeah, but hold on a second. As you said it, I was like, is he going to go to the traditional trope? And he didn't. No, exactly. What's the traditional trope? Well, traditional trope. Like, oh, put it away, man. It's dicks. gross. Like, they put know? in their socks, their shirt, and their watch. And he's still out. Like, what's going on? You dangle in the mic. But if your turn. But you did the different thing was like the naked people. Old man that gives me super motivated your superpowers. If yeah. your turn was, it's my creatine. It's great. I don't need to take. I don't need to buy the powder no, anymore. See, but that I just need one good set of eyes. When you see somebody, <laughs> I don't need kratom. I need scrotum yes. early. Hilarious. That's, yes. That's Make the sticker perfect. or the shirt. I'll yeah. buy it. But yeah, so I would do that, and um, and then uh, and then once I got here and, and uh, broke up with the Reno cheater, it was game on. You know. Yeah, it was just every day. What was the, what was the first club that you just spent like? Like the store, lined up for the open mics out here a bunch. Jamie told me uh, I got feedback mic. from once. Yeah, you do the open mic and then you get feedback. So I was real big on that. The store I worked at, and that's got a special place in my heart. And uh, they, but they all do. What was They're your first pro- break into like one of the big clubs? What was the thing where you finally? Well, the factory was the first one I performed at, and um, and a buddy of mine actually from USC was uh, in the broadcast journalism uh, school, and now works for the Dodgers and. He was doing a news story on the factory, and he was like, "Hey, I know you kind of like stand up, like, and you, you know, and I was an actor, and I was like, you know, funny guy in the fraternity or whatever." And he was like, "You should come up with me and go. I get to go to the factory and film this piece." And I was like, "That'd be amazing." So we went up, and nobody's there, and I'm walking around, like, just all this. And I went on stage at one point because nobody was there. He just got let in by somebody that was like, "Yeah, fucking film your story here, you know, yeah, whatever." Yeah. And so uh, he was up at the top in the uh, balcony trying to get a shot, just of like a of like an establishing shot of the stage from the second level, and I was down there and i'd taken the mic out and i started like pretending to do stand-up and he fucking like was taping it so he sent to me like man this is probably like i don't know seven months ago and i was like that's so crazy because 
first stage I ever went on out here, and then first open mic I lined up for, and then Jamie was like, you know, I was doing jokes about being a fat kid, and one of my jokes was like, it wasn't all that. I was in the first one in the fifth grade to get a set of tits, you know? And uh, <laughs> it didn't have to pay for a bra because nobody expected me to wear one, you know? And I would charge my friends five bucks to fill me up, you know? Kick ass ain't cheap. And uh, and so I get up there, and, and Jamie was like, buddy, buddy, you know, dude, you're up there. You're comfy on stage, but your, all your jokes, you're fat. Hey, look at me with my fat fuck tits. Fuck my, come fuck my tits for candy bars. I, you just can't be. And I'm like, I never said that. You're, he By literally way, like paraphrased what, yeah. what I said and made it a different bit. And I was like, I just said I was fat. And I had, I said, you know, and he's like, you're, no, your buddy, you're up there going, hey, come fuck my tits at recess. I'm like, no. He literally was adding, he's like, I'll give you a chocolate for your butt. Like, it's just all, it's trades, it's trade jokes. I'm just like, I'm sorry. It's, I didn't know any better. So I was like, "Yeah, I f- I'll stop. I'll stop doing comedy." Wait, what? Did you, wait, what's the note? You know? <laughs> and then he's like, "Come back in eight months and do it without the fuck shit tits stuff." And I was like, "All right." And then uh, <laughs> and I did come, you know, come back, uh, but did other you know stuff. And then yeah. um, and then uh, anyway, so to do that there, and then at that moment, and then finally, I met Jay Davis when I was working at a casting office, and he came in and I got to run the camera. I got, you know, was so there so long they would let me run, you know, sessions for stuff and Jay yeah. comes in, reads me and then he's like, and I was like, oh man, I see you at the shows. I've tried to go live for it. I know you're there and tour guys and all that. He's like, anytime you want, oh my God, hey brother, anytime you want to go to a show, anytime you, hey, just, just hit me up. And I was like, all right. So I texted him and I came down and it was packed and fucking it was a huge, you know, Dane was just owning the strip and, and uh, and I was out there and I texted him. I was like, ah, fuck it. It's so packed and whatever. And I'm starting to leave. And he goes, Adam Ray. And I was like, uh, he goes, come on. Uh, and walks me through and walks me in. Just sits down and goes, sit in this booth here and, and watch a show. Watch a show. It's just unreal. Cut to two months later. He's like, do you want to do a five-minute cold opening spot and bring me up? So I do that on a Saturday night weekend show. And I'm getting like packed. fucking two years in or whatever and just do five minutes. And did some joke about being um, – like I go, uh, I got to stop smoking weed. I'm not good at hiding it. I was at the mall and, and the uh, – uh, this cop stopped me. He was like, hey, son, you want to tell me why your eyes are so heavy? I was like, oh, yeah, man. I was uh, swimming in a pool uh, without goggles, uh, and I smoked some pot. So that's probably <laughs> what, well, that's probably what's got something to do with that. And I you know, get a good laugh, and, and my girl from the time taped it. And, uh, and I was like, oh, shit, fucking the light was crazy. And then I just started turning it up a notch and hang, and just really you know, got a little taste of something. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was a little taste and a little – and it, just all the ideas of like going there with my buddy for the story and then like the open mic and then that. And then I was like, now I kind of have an end to be there and try to go to more shows when Jay's there to just to be around because he clearly has welcomed me in a little bit here. And uh, and then to just get on the shows and then going by myself just to see, you know, Dane and and then uh, being on shows with Dane and like being not only was one of the early guys I got real into with comedy, but really uh, got to see live and got to see the come up and oh, see yeah. – Nobody, even to this day, I, I, I feel like I've held a, held a crowd in the palm of their I, hand like I, that. I feel like what, what people forget with the whole like Dane Cook aftermath and what, what people don't know. Not to be confused is, with the after laugh, after the name math, of this podcast. After, is well, that like people don't, and like maybe you don't know because you were around Tommy, but like people forget shot, like dude. Dane was the biggest fucking yeah. beast can't Ever. sleep on that. Well, he, and it was I crazy. Mean, and to see it live like this much in a that's club what I mean. like that. That's what I mean. People, would, people who like would judge him in the uh, Comedy Central or whatever. They did, would, I'm like, watch him in Laugh Factory in like 2004. Yeah, you can't argue that. And it was that. fucking well, he crazy. Had a, he had a way of doing comedy that is still the way that people emulate now. Like you can see a before and after Dane Cook. Yeah, I like, agree. And for example, Dan, and, and I can actually show it because you can see it in the younger comics because they grew sure. up 
watching like I did. Like I caught, I was a little older, but the young people of 14, 15 who grew up on him started writing like that, which is to start telling a story and be extremely descriptive along the story and exaggerate so much on the story description that it becomes an enlightened point of that story. Yeah. Like, so if I'm doing an impression of like, if, if he's going to, uh, I was going to the bar, uh-huh. I was going to the bar, I got a lift, a lift, a noodle, an oob lift. He would combine words and you're like, how is that happening? Yeah. That's a and pretty then good he name. would draw and he'd say, he would just say every part of the car that weren't a setup to a punch. Yeah. It was everything was a punchline. Yeah. He was writing a new way of doing it. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I've never <laughs> thought of it that way. I, it, Cause crazy to see, crazy to see. Also, somebody take comedy to a different like level as far as like the the rock star element of it, and to you know, it just made I feel like it uh, it made it fun. You know, like I I feel like what I was like watching and seeing at the clubs too at that time. I was like, oh, it seems it was a good time to see it and yeah. get like that bug for it when you're starting to get like interest. I was like, oh, it's see him and Joe Coy and and. Uh, you know, Aries Spears a lot. And then, um, so anyway, Ralphie, so Ralphie that, May, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. And, uh, and so to be tied in with that club and then see that and then be on shows uh, with them. And then like, you know, f- first time you see yourself on the marquee, which is, which is always cool. Yeah. But after all that, like, that's when I, you know, and it, I think it's so easy that everybody does it. Like whatever level you're at, you're always thinking of like, what's next and what else I got to do and what's yeah. out there. And so to really take a second to <clears throat> think about any sort of the progress you've made or or the path that it took is we just all do it. So uh, too often to just like overlook any of that, like the growth, like the look what you did, like to go from there to there. And, and I had this moment like maybe like a couple of years ago when I was telling a buddy who was visiting down here and he was like asking the same question that you just don't think about too. How, how often are we like, what club really means the most? Like what's my, been my journey? You never think, cause you're just in that grind. So you're just going yeah, from here yeah. to here, not making any time to fill in uh, some silence with like some, some extra shit. And so uh, to think about. And so when he asked me that, like you just did, it made me think, and then I kind of went through and genuinely was telling him what I've just told you, and and it was like, oh, and he was like, that's fucking cool, and I was like, yeah, it is cool, I get, it. you know, like, but I just never, of course, and we all have our own version of that, whatever it is that you, you know, if you're committed to this, you know, yeah. you've just grown, and 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 then every time you look at like how you've grown, you maybe assess it being like, well, I want to be here, so I went there, so I really feel like I did half of that because I want to be, you know what I'm saying, and just overly do ever, analyze. Do you ever ask yourself this question, and maybe you, I, I'm asking you this question now. Um, Crystal clear Pepsi or Surge? Absolutely. Which beverage did uh, you think? Surge still around? Sur- how Surge, dare you? Dude, it had Guarana. Oh, you know? okay. What um, is that? You remember Garana? No. That extra thing that they would tout as uh, tout as part of Surge, like it's got Garana. It was like, like what that was They're a like, selling point. Yeah. <laughs> it was Brazilian, so it had to be good. It there was a group of people, real quick, that came to my middle school Kellogg in seventh grade, and they were like sponsored, like the way you would Spice see people Red walking Red around with like Red Bull, yep. where they'd be like, you know, like a party, like a hot girl with like, who wants wings? And you're like, wait, what? Because Red Bull, yeah, I got it. And then you take the Red Bull and you drink it. They had these kids at our school giving out free surge. And they were pushing this drink. And guess what was in it, dude? 
gasoline. What? Mr. Pib, come. It was just what? like That's the, what you assume. No, dude, it just tasted awful. And I only know that from the gasoline part. Uh, It was a beverage that you didn't want, but they push on you. No, Pib has got to be in there. Oh, sir, they push on you. And I take back the Pib part. (laughs) By the way, imagine being at a party and you're like, dude, Mr. Pib. And they go, dude, I love Brad Pitt. And you go, no, no, Mr. Pib. And you have to correct them when they're like entering the conversation. Be like, dude, are we going to talk about how great and underrated Brad Pitt is? And you're like, no, we're actually talking about Mr. Pib versus Dr. Pepper. What is the the flavor? Because Dr. Pepper is a flavor of like gum. It's a flavor. But there's no Mr. Pib flavor. There's Dr. Pepper gum? There's like Dr. Pepper like uh, kombucha and shit. You know what right, I mean? Dude, like next thing you're Dr. Favor, Dr. Pepper is a flavor. But is Mr. Pib a flavor? I what think what's stupid is about Pib? it is like instead of taking pepper and being like, oh, they're using the word pep, they could have gone like Mr. Light or Mr. Bubble. You know what I mean? But they just took the sound. <laughs> no, I don't. They just took <laughs> but the sound I want to know so bad. And went to Pib. Mr. Bubble. Like where's a, that character like, and how do I buy it? How do I buy is that the Is that the shampoo bottle that talks to you? Hey, I'm Mr. Bubble. You guys trying to get clean, but also like a little bit of Mr. Bubbles was a, all right. Yeah, Mr. Bubbles was, not Mr. Bubble. There's uh, a Mr. fine <laughs> difference between Barney and Barney's. You know what I'm saying? Good afternoon, Mr. Bubble. Gonna... Wow, please, that was if profound, something man. happens to me tomorrow, please isolate that audio and just send it to everybody I know. Well, no, it was Mr. Because Bubble. they'll go, dude, he was having a great time. He said there's Barney and there's Barney's. Which is so true. One's a purple dinosaur, one's a men's clothing shop. Thank you, and if they don't know that, you put that below the placard so that the joke is clear. I don't want anyone at the funeral going, what did that even – oh, shit. There's a band oh, dinosaur Barney. and there's a men's right. It's That's anymore. pretty funny. It's probably good he's dead. So What's here's, that? here's what I was going to ask you. Explaining jokes in your eulogy. I want that from all the family. No, but you do you s- get it? You knew you wanted yes. to do comedy early, right? Probably. Uh, you were doing it in you know high school. You're doing tapes for your – your friends on the bus, essentially. Yeah. But, you know, if you want to be a stand-up or just right. a comedic actor. A, com- no. a comedian. Stand-up. Just comedian. A, the yeah. word comedian can that. be general now, you know, to yeah. mean, you know, a lot of things. But would, if you went back at that and could talk to 14-year-old Adam right now and just rattle off a few of your credits and be like, hey, uh, real quickly, you're going to be in... <laughs> It's okay. You're going to be in Ghostbusters. By the way, little Adam, you won a lottery ticket. And Adam's going to be like, what? Adam's going to be like, I'm sorry, what? And you're like, no, you're going to be, you're not just going to be in Ghostbusters. You're going to be two people. Well, one ghost and a person simultaneously. <laughs> in the sa- like, You're struggling the, to the explain struggling it to Adam. Do you ever think about talking to yourself? No, like I when, don't. Because you should. Because that's a, but, that's that's a what, fucking awesome thing. an answer thing. to this. Yeah. I don't know. I think talking at 14 years I don't think I'd be career concerned yet at 14. I think I'd be like, look, I'm starting to really look at boobs a lot. What's the next move? You know, is it trying to see one? Is it trying to just take (laughs) a bra off and then just go, those are great. And then leave and, you know, be a good guy. Mm -hmm. Or do you ask a friend about it? Do you try to wrangle some magazines? You know, Um, so I tell them like, yo, dude. Just wait it out because in about 10 years, there's on your computer, dude, you're going to be able to just. <laughs> yeah. Imagine just, what, what are you thinking about right now? Tits. Right. Yeah. Imagine thinking that onto a screen. Guess what, dude? The world is your oyster. Yeah. Dot com. 
has the craziest porn. <laughs> um, so I'd probably give a heads up there. I don't know, man. At 14, two, I was so... By the way, that'd be a genius saying. He goes, talk to your younger self. And you can go back and you just talk about porn. You're just like, dude, don't worry. Yo, the you're just like a 12-year-old kid. She didn't say yes to the, to the dance, but someday... Oh, at 14, I got dumped by a girl named Aaron Domingo, who's now married to a kid with three kids, my buddy Ben. And, um... <laughs> a kid with three kids. And so... Uh, <laughs> Maybe four kids. So a sitcom for you. Um, ben was my buddy, Ben. A kid with three kids. A kid with three kids. <laughs> Don't forget that. Or Barney. There's a difference between Barney and Barney. <laughs> Barney's, yo, that's so profound. Wait, do we need like It's going to be in the episode description, just quotations. A kid with three kids is like follows home improvement in a perfect world. <laughs> Yeah. And a perfect world follows home improvement. So they're like, we got a lineup problem. Tim Allen's also in it wait, as wait, one wait, of Tim the Tim Allen's like, I'm in a perfect, what is it? A perfect problem? What did I say? That's a Harrison Ford movie. A perfect problem. A perfect problem. A perfect problem was a Harrison Ford movie? That sounds, sounds like, like it. Terrible fucking he goes, movie. where's my son? And they go, it's quite the problem, isn't it? Harrison. Cut. I'm sorry, what's his name? Jack. The perfect Jack problem. Jack Beaver. Really? That got approved? <laughs> yeah. Keep rolling. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. Are you ba 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 loving it? I do want to talk about how you got uh, connected with Paul Paul Fig. 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 Paul Fig. Yeah. Because uh, that's obviously a, a huge turning point in your life that you got that cool. cast in the heat, right? That helped, yeah. It was cool for the time. I mean, that's a big, you know, to get a It was cool to feature. get a little bit of a bump. And, Do you think uh, like change like opportunities? Nothing for you? changed. No, I mean, more auditions, more uh, in more rooms, and meet more people, and a little bit of a confidence booster. But I remember Bobby Lee when I went out to film was like, "Dude, keep it grounded because when you come back, you still get your shitty ass spots here." And I was like, <laughs> "Fucking yeah!" And then I, because I was starting to kind of feel like, "Oh, oh man. I'm going to be." And I kind of yeah. jokingly would say to him like, "Oh, shit's fucking change, you know, whatever." And even you know, and more joking than serious, but even the serious a little bit in with the joke, Bobby would be like. I know you, but I were doing, what I'm doing a bit. He's like, but fucking don't like know that when you come back here, like it just never, never stops. Never and you got to keep, cause he could sense that I was kind of being like, oh, I think it's going to fucking, this is going to be a big deal, you know? Yeah. And he was like, of course. it may or may, or may not. So keep those, both those ways of thinking open. And, uh, and that helped. Um, but yeah, getting in that was cool. And, and just to be, have that experience, whether it was, you know, just, uh, you know, seeing with just me and Sandra or me and Melissa and Sandra, all my scenes were with them. So all my hanging out was with them. So that also is getting to be more confident and being like, hey, yeah, like I've, I'm just hanging out with people like post or pre or post show at a comedy yeah. club, you know, yeah. but they are trying to forget that they're, you know, of that stature. And uh, so just that whole experience, every experience helps. So it's like, yeah, even if it didn't lead to like, yeah, I would have loved to. Did and some world where it's like people go, oh, fucking, it's great, and I get a really cool audition for a show and get it, and then I'm on a show right away. Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome, but uh, but uh, it's not a guarantee. You know, when you, you, know? When you said, I want to touch about this a little bit. You said like you felt confident when you were talking to him. Like, did, did you have a, a a problem with self confidence like as a teenager? Do you think that's something that has not really you as a as a comic? No, no, I mean I. Like you were always a popular kid and a funny kid and, you know, had friends Kayak, and shit. sort of, yeah. I mean, just fine. I just wasn't a piece of shit and I was to make people laugh. And <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, so people want to, uh, so people like being around you if you're doing that. If you're, and I, I never felt like nervous in large groups and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, for like school plays and stuff, I always got nervous. Yeah. Um, but just hanging out like this always felt pretty comfy mm -hmm. and always felt compelled to like, you know, if it was in a, 
high school party and people were sitting around a fire pit. No one's really talking or whatever. Like I felt weird that it was silent. So I just wanted to like fill the yeah. the gap. And so we just start talking or whatever. So that it also in any situation and whether that's like fifth grade and a fucking Cub Scout overnight or whatever it is, I just felt like uh, not being super chatty, but just trying to like be like, all right, so what's the topic while we're all in this in this tent together? Like, whatever, like, what are we doing right? Like, that's, yeah, was again, there not a how point? I would phrase it, but it was just like trying to like start hanging out, basically. If yeah. people were like not, or in a social circle at a party, and I still do this now. If I'm just like, I can't sit there and let it be weird or whatever. I'm yeah. just like, I'm secure <laughs> I'm enough to take the wheel to yeah to take the wheel in this fucking social moment and get us. <laughs> I think someone's having sex in the store, but it's cool. Keep going. <laughs> well, a guy screamed, and then she said, ow. And then he was like, I yeah. know. So that <laughs> a could, or could not yelp, sound like sure. a perfect problem. This fall, <laughs> Harrison problem. Ford is Jack ow. Donner. I'm ow. sorry. I'm yep. sorry. <laughs> He's I don't know what's a, happening in this house here. <laughs> I've got a problem, and it's, an, and it's not perfect. <laughs> Cut. Harrison, the line is... Uh, I've got a perfect problem. <laughs> the problem is perfect. It's, it's the new Houston, there is a problem. No, Houston, we have a problem. What is it? Problem. I got a problem. Perfect. <laughs> I got a problem. Perfect. <laughs> and then somebody in the back perfect. goes, "That is a better title." <laughs> no. I get a problem. And they go, "Now get the fuck out well, of here." Cut me out of it. You know, I've been trying to do things differently. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? Who said that? <laughs> I love that. Wait, Adam, have you ever performed uh, stoned? Have you performed? Oh, yeah, dude. But the last time I did it was. Probably eight years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Did it go that bad? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd say I probably did it like 30 times in those first four years. And probably when it's great, it's great, I imagine. The f- well, a few times when I got, you know, maybe a, a joint, just felt good and just didn't question anything. So I just like, if you're up there just not questioning and you're fearless and you're not, and you're, and, but you're, you're, you're dialed in, but you're truly just like, like, and I felt that, and it was a crazy feeling to just be like, and it was maybe 20 people at the haha. Yeah. But it was just crushing, just crushing for 20 people. I was just, and I was just like, whoa, I just feel really, you know, you just feel that upgrade in, just ride it. in confidence and ownership of the stage and what's going on. And I yeah. was like, whoa. And then uh didn't, but I still was like, all right, I was high and whatever, and I can't do that to get on stage the next night. But the next time it happened was probably a couple of weeks later. Uh, and I was like, I can perform high, but I was too high. And I went there, and it was just like bad news bears. And and at one point, it was just quiet. And somebody just goes, you fucking blaze, bro. And I was like, eyes were real cast. And my eyes were real cast. And I go, and I went, because it was on tape. And I remember watching it back because I used to oh ask Jack God. to tape the DVDs. And uh, and he was like, mm, these are, come on, uh, $35. So I was like, fucking, come on, man. Just, all right, all right, next time. Uh, yeah. And uh and he was cool and great with stage time and real helpful at that point. And, um, so you saw the tape, but I go, uh, yeah. So he goes, he goes, you, he goes, you suit, he goes, you're big, bro. And, uh, <laughs> and I, and I just, you're on paused. stage. It's kind of, yeah. And it was just bad. It'd been quiet for, it was one of the things where I was like, and, uh, you know, like when you go, <laughs> so when you go to the grocery store, like, you're like, could we get some more food in here? <laughs> and, and people, a few people were laughing because they were, they knew I was high, and it was just it was kind of funny. And then, uh, but not great by any means. And then it was, and it was be more quiet than not. And I kept just like living the pauses. And then when I one time I paused, and I remember I went, and I go, I go, so uh, 
<laughs> and I did that with like, my voice, and then I just lost it because I was because then I saw well, myself think outside of whose of that. audience is here. Yeah, and then I just We're went, on no, no, no. Same and level. the guy was like, "You're you're baked, bro," and I was like, "No," I was like, "You're baked, bro." <laughs> and then he was like, "Good one," and I was like, "It was a good one. It was a good one and a good two, a good three. And then I just like. Him and I got into it, and we just started like having a chat, and like nothing was funny happening. I was just like, "What are you guys doing after this?" And he was like, "Probably going home." And I was like, "Hell yeah, man! You got out. I go give it up for homes, you know." <laughs> just I was like Sherlock and the place where you live, and it was just like madness, and just there's no there's no comedy to it. I was just being silly, and uh, I was like, "It's comedy." You were able to watch the tape of it. That's pretty great. Oh, a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't watch it. Yeah, well, I was up there for twenty minutes, which is Jesus. way too long. Yeah. So that was the last time, and it was just like I didn't like how I felt, and mm-hmm. it was, and I go, I wasn't in control, and and I had the other time was way better, and I, I go, so you know, but I still, like I could go do a show right now, yeah. Would I want to? No, because I'm not like <laughs> fully present. I'm not, yeah, really, you know, I'm not like drunk or like not able to go through the motions and do it. But it's just that's not fun. Now I like to smoke me. weed for me. Before sex, guys. Yeah. Uh, so, but then I've had a girl complain and say, well, you're not present, but I feel like it's better. So, I guess my question is, can comedy be better? Can it? Can you make it consistently better smoking weed? Also, well, let's talk about it real quick. Was that it then? Or? Huh? But I'm just saying like, yeah, no, she's like, she... you're, not, you're not present <laughs> when we're having sex. Is it because? But that's you're part like, of the great well, look, thing about it. Were you like staring pat? Like, were you holding an iPad while you were like? What was the true thing that kept you from being engaged? He was engaged? staring at a. I think like it's a, just a, like whenever someone's stoned, lamp. some people, someone who's not stoned, will go like, "You're not really here with me, are you?" Yeah. You're a victim of this big foggy drug, you know. No, I'm here, Doc. It's because you're smiling more. Yeah. Like, no, I must... feel like it makes you very present. Absolutely right. Well, statistically, science oh. says that it just slows time down. <laughs> Don't do that. What? Statistically, you know how late right. it is. You just said you the know how late it is. You're trying to give us math homework right now. <laughs> statistically, I'm like, oh, I got to think about numbers. So, wait, Adam, I did want to talk about also. How has your comedy changed since you started? And sparked that baby up. Like, what would you say the biggest change? Do you think like your voice changed, your style changed? Do you think from what? Like, just from when you started. Like, what was the biggest? Ch- like for me, the probably biggest change. Like, I, I was strictly just physical comedy. My first like two you or three were years. And great, by the way. I was just like tripping on shit. I was like Jack Tripper, and probably influenced a lot by Dana that way. But um, <clears throat> and so now I kind of you know I don't think about it. But in the beginning, that was like my way in. Like for you, was impersonations w- was your way in, or like voices? Uh, I'd say doing the. Uh, imp- Impersonations of the uh, the kids in class. Who was your first impersonation that you did on stage that fucking killed? Oh man, probably uh, Cosby or Bill Clinton. I did a. I went to a uh, church sports camp. I was the only Jew. <laughs> and four of my best friends were going with their church group, and they're like, "Yeah, it's like seven a.m. to four p.m. You're at the beach, and you do water sports, and there's a basketball court and soccer field, and like you hang out and you jet ski and all that. And then they're like, there's some Jesus talk, and then there's a fucking lunch, and there's a talent show. And I was like. It's like an hour of Jesus shit. And they're like, yeah, man. They figured out a way, way for me to go. And it was dope. And the girl's there. And Jess gets 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Just partied all day and did that. And you come back and you fuck around a little bit more. And then you, I'd have to sit down in these circles and have the guy who runs the whole camp being like, Adam, can I talk to you for a second? <laughs> you know, you know, Jesus was a Jew. And you're like, 
What's going on right now, man? You pulled, oh, me, out, no. you pulled me out of a game of pickup for this shit. What's going on? I was like, come on, man. I, I literally got bar mitzvah like f- four years ago. Like, you know, I'm I'm all set, you know? And he was just like, fine. <laughs> but, and uh, you know. And so that was like a small portion of the camp. So I went to that and there was a talent show. Here's my point to the story. There was a talent show. And our talent show at one point was just me doing a bunch of voices and basically making up a play. And the other four dudes, I would just, I would sit in the back and be like, and then Kermit the Frog said, hey guys, um, it's always, uh, so I, I, so look, who's sleeping on the futon and who's sleeping on? And then like one of the guys was like lip sync that. Oh, well, he was like Kermit. Hilarious. I was like, and then Bill Clinton showed up and was like, hey man, I feel like I could, I should get the futon, you know? And I would just <laughs> oh do like God. all these and then Splinter. That's kind of genius. Then Splinter would be there and I did like, you know, and then Splinter was in the corner. I mean, it wasn't as just like, and then Mike Tyson said. Wait, were you it making was, it all up? Yeah, yeah. But wow. I was just making up a story being like, and then Mike Tyson walked over to the fridge and was like, who took all the yams? Did you take the yams? And then Kermit, and then, you know, Kermit like, and he, you know, he fucking loved Kermit, loved his yams, you know, and then whatever. And I just fucking some crazy. And then it would always get real, just real perverted. And there's a lot of dirty sex shit. And then the, and then the guy who was the like, Jesus hey, man, uh, can you uh, not, uh, can you, you know, he had to come over and be like, dude, do you yeah. and he just, he stood in front of the curtain at one point and goes, and that's the show. Yeah. Like how we do not think that Kermit doesn't need to fuck Bill Clinton in this sketch. No, it wasn't it. that crazy, but it was just like it was again like, but it just yeah an improv an Im- Imb- improv exercise, and That's so uh, that was again another like early thing where I was like, if you can get your mics up to, who's playing right now? By the someone's way, someone's playing piano at one a.m. in the morning. Right I, now, I would love for this to be the score of the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's great. wait, break it down, make wait, it emotional. Yeah. Let's let's wait. make it a little emotional. Do you have something to talk about though? Well, you have to make tell you the, sad? the, the wait, kids listen. for the future. Yeah, there's a there's Dang, a very it's kind of beautiful. It's almost like the incredible the end of the Incredible Hulk piano music, like walking yeah, down walking the road with a backpack. Anyway. Oh, uh, yeah, the sun with the backpack. <laughs> what was the whole... Yeah, what happened? I haven't seen the end of that. Thanks for fucking ruining it. <laughs> you haven't seen the end of the Hulk with the kid yeah, walks the with the backpack Hulk. hitchhiking? The what was he doing? The original was Hulk he hitchhiking? from 1970. I haven't seen it. Did he hitchhike? <laughs> would, he, would he hitchhike the, the original TV well, show? He said he gave a thumbs Hulk. up. I think he would like hitchhike he, with his backpack. He was, he was looking to fuck dudes. Let's be honest. The, <laughs> clearly that was 100% honest what was happening. Was he just needed to get out of away from people, whatever, right? Whatever the town. He just to leave. Yeah. Oh, because nobody understood him, huh? Yeah, because he's the Hulk. <laughs> he's yeah. like, ain't Hulk nobody smash. knows so, um, about me. <laughs> what if you're well, saying Adam, that? Well, you could also sing, too, right? <laughs> the, the little kid's walking away. He goes, <laughs> and then you Adam, just cut to a short a shutter on the front. He goes, don't nobody know about me. And then you're just like, oh, this is how the movie's ending? Just little kid Hulk being like, and then it goes, and then it goes to be, con- <laughs> don't. Saying the Hulk becomes a singer, he just sings. Yeah, randomly and it's just to be movie. continued. But then uh, they show like a trailer for the next movie right yeah. after. What and if he sings the, the, the whole end credits music? Mm. Dude, yeah, there's something going on. People miss messing up piano like song is just the best. 
Yeah, you know? especially when you get like that three was quarters true of the way anger. through it. Too. Wait, hold like, on. So I think close. we have to. I think we have to get this train back on the tracks for a second. Dude, the train <laughs> has, has left. No, dude, not even left um, the station that takes <laughs> trains to the station. You now, by the saying? way, are you it's getting are you getting texts from a friend? Are are you are you single, and married, or what? Are you? I'm not. Married, Let's not talk about it. Girlfriend, you do have a girl. Yeah. I think I met her. Ooh. You might um, have. Oh, do you do you find it's it's hard to have a relationship in comedy? Is that thing that is just sort of overblown now? Um, she's did, not a comic though, right? Thing. She's not. Thank God. Um, I don't know. It's it's great. It's just if you know, I like uh, I like being with her a lot, so <laughs> that helps. And also, uh, you know, at some point you just gotta, I don't know, not be um. There's a bug not that's be gonna a, eat that pillow. Not be a dick. Yeah, not um. I don't know. Not have that be what fills your uh you're thinking so much you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. man i mean it's so easy to uh to to just be wrapped up in like you know trying yeah. to make out well look <laughs> i always feel like when you're, when you're on the road or whatever when you're on the road and and you want to be you have a girlfriend the options are either you got to drink yourself into oblivion you got to do drugs yourself oblivion or you got to uh be a fucking nerd you got to be a nerd and sit around and read and play a ouija board or because if you do anything <laughs> else like if you do anything else other than Those be a complete crazy. nerd being monogamous is is very difficult yeah and you're a married man justin i <laughs> yep. mean I, I i i in town it's easy but on the road it's just like the second i check into hotel i'm like i want to fuck anything right now well you have access to porn now though i mean mm. you really do and beyond that, you also are in a hotel room. If if you're getting laid on the road, then you're doing a good job. Like most comics I talk to aren't necessarily getting laid on the road no matter what. Really? And they're yeah. trying to? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Adam's good looking. Statistically. Yeah. Statistically. Thank you. Now, Adam, do you feel do you feel that you uh have like maybe because you're obviously by any metric a good looking dude? You, I would even say that you're a sex symbol, Evan. Nope. But you have the my you mom's have the, friends from Templewood, though. <laughs> Kathy Shivitz no, as, as Adam, Kathy, Adam. I know you're listening to this shit. As you've a been Jew? looking at me weird sometimes at Temple functions. You're like the That's Brad Pitt of Jews. Let's <laughs> Not be honest. True. Okay. To- you totally. I would so, concur with you on this. <laughs> so my point is, but you were a fat kid. Yep. Do you feel like do you, do you ever think about like I'm a Food? fat kid at heart? Or like, or do you look at yourself and go, "Oh, I'm a I'm a good looking man." Or do you feel up. like you're like, do you know what I mean? No, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I great guess question. Ugly, yeah, ugly I wish I got syndrome. that heady with life, but uh, <laughs> no, I never I think about that shit. No, I. Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. You're asking if I, I look in the mirror sometimes and go, "There you are, there you are." <laughs> hey, like look me. at you, young fat me. You're good. <laughs> Are you hitting on me, old me? <laughs> no, no, no. Chill, chill, chill. <laughs> By the way, let me tell you about porn. <laughs> hey, fat Adam, let me tell you about uh, how porn 10 yeah, years. Man, no, I, I, a kid yeah. with kids. A kid with kids. <laughs> Dude, who stars in that? Like, I think there's a lot of people with, like, ugly <laughs> ducklings. And, like, Dane's a good example. Like, he had, like, acne. He was kind oh, yeah. of fat and weird. And, and then he became Figured a movie star out. at some yeah, point. Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's a weird... Um, what, what's uh, what's next for you in terms of like what are you, what are you looking at like like is acting a fucking bugaboo for oh, yeah. you is it all comedy or do no you no no think- I'm I'm um, 
man, I'm editing a documentary that I uh, shot and funded. And, and um, can you uh, say what it's about? Oh, sure, dude. So this um, through a uh, family friend of uh, mine from a kid I went to college with and her family uh, introduced me to a, a guy named Brian who's a physical therapist and crazy guru stretcher make you feel better made me avoid back surgery by three days of stretching type wow. guy his brother who I met Doug uh, at 17 jumped into he was uh, going to um, uh, Harvard Law and ended up being a huge criminal lawyer and was freak athlete in, in college uh, or going to play in college and uh, 17 jumped into a pool in New Jersey to save a boy who was drowning and hit his neck in the oh, bottom and paralyzed hell. oh hey guess what the boy was faking drowning and so Doug uh, is paralyzed from neck down and uh, no feeling in his arms and, oh my and God. very, very moving. Brian quits uh, law school, his brother, and starts to pick up this, trying to better his quality of life and in the hospital and helping him just, you know, get life and his spirits up and then doing these things with his neck and weights and hands and trying to get him, like, his upper body strong and and um, and uh, his dexterity in his hands and, and just fucking rehabbed him and uh, got him. And then, and then they're like, dude, and he's like, a year from now is the wheelchair Olympics and we're going to get you at a year from the injury when he was in the hospital. He's like, I'm going to get there. And so they got there and he fucking won and became a world champ and gold medalist. And then on a Wheaties box, one of fucking, what, 36 people on a Wheaties box ended up doing these public speaking tours. with uh, It was him, Michael Jordan, uh, uh, Muhammad Ali, Mary Lou Retton, Bo Jackson, Joe Montana. And uh, he's always, you know, and became just, you know, a huge deal. And then went finished and did criminal uh, law. And um, anyway, Jeez. just an amazing story. Yeah. And him and his brother... Uh, who's just a fucking character, Brian, and his mom was like a spitting image of Brian. She's 95, and we went there and we got all these interviews. And and um, uh, I was at the Helium uh, in Philly, and so I brought some buddies out who shot a bunch of sketches for me, and was like, "Let's uh, take my sets on the weekend, and then let's get four days of stay here and and, and interview all of them." And then because he had all these pictures with him and the Clintons and Barkley, just all these people oh, on wow. this wall and all these accolades, and you know, such a big deal at one point, and. Uh, I was like, do you have photos and video? And he proceeds to show us a couple hours of shit of just all this footage of interviews and news stories and carrying everything and, and him with all the public speaking thing. And and I was just like, oh, there's a doc, like, there's there's like a doc right here. There. Like with all that stuff, any yeah. good doc has all that archival footage the to help footage, yeah. fill the story. So now when you're getting them talking brilliantly and articulately and with a lot of like, they're such characters of themselves and uh and so likable and then you have all this footage and so now i finally got to a, a buddy who's cutting me this uh sizzle um to uh then go to my friend's folks who got some cash and know them too really well and when i told them about that i was going to do it they were like keep us posted we want to fucking so i'm gonna probably get more money from them and then go maybe shoot some more i want to now get the ending with doug being you know maybe entering another competition yeah. at this age late 50s or um or him speaking, just some some uh, structural structural closure to like yeah. what he's doing now and after, you know, something that's like a or maybe it's building to another competition. Ideally, that would be dope. But just getting the money to go do that, maybe get some interviews with some of the athletes or uh, doctors. It might not need more than that. But um, do you plan on doing more directing stuff after? Dude, that? it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, fucking for sure. That's awesome. That'd be cool. Now, were you, cool. were you in, so that's were you in a documentary I'm, or you, you're just no? The I'm just the whole time. directing and oh, cool. asking all the questions and doing all that. But anyway, that's not that's just what one thing I'm working on. But that's not coming out. I mean, maybe maybe uh, you know once I once we get the money, maybe finish it and whatever. But this guy crushed this 
this sizzle, man. It's like it's so cool to see it like actually come, uh, yeah, come together amazing. a little bit. Um, I mean, I'd watch that shit. Jesus. Oh, definitely. It's great, man. Story. That's I'll, a good I'll Oscar. That's a good Oscar already, nominee. I was already complete. Did I do a good job kind of describing I mean, it? I couldn't believe it. Was it was funny how the piano fit in too. Oh, you know did it? I mean? They was made it family like, hear the piano. And you were telling this heroic story. I was captivated. Yeah, I really hope. I really hope you. Yeah, no, I'm falling through with that. And then my album's out called "Read the Room." It's on Spotify and iTunes and Google Play. Thanks, man. And then um, on a cartoon called She-Ra on Netflix that DreamWorks does. And then there's a new show on that comes out that's Seth Green and the Robot Chicken guys and Brecken Meyer and Adam Pally and Tony Hale. And it's a filthy like claymation medieval time show. It's like a dirty Game of Thrones, but it's all claymation. And I play Seth Green's brother. Yeah. Do you think that if if you had to like chop off a limb of your talents, like if it was acting, stand up, or voiceover? Do you think do you think there's one that would like satisfy you the most like if you had to, if you had to pick one cuz obviously your voiceover so your vo- voiceover work is we haven't really touched upon it it's it's extensive man like you I mean, I've got to do a few cool things and yeah. uh but i mean stand up you can't you can't face nothing replaces stand up yeah but like yeah voiceover pays most of the bills and i really love but it's not it's just a different muscle and it's a different you know stand up you just can't beat there's just too many things about it that are exciting you know yeah so when you do voice at nighttime too i think i'm more of a nighttime person so yeah. most of the other work happens pre-sundown so it's like and you can't really improv your your voiceover stuff right it's kind of no you can yeah oh, you can. oh yeah yeah especially for did some robot chicken stuff and that was like a ton of that yeah after it was very i mean the writers are great so like a lot of scripted um like know, they hire attention. people that can riff intentionally oh yeah 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 and uh, any good Comedy, I think, wants that, that if yeah. they if they know what they're casting. I've always heard with voiceovers because I've never booked any. They they say once you're in, it's a very small circle. It can be, yeah. I mean, dude, there's guys. What was like, your first break in the voiceover? How that happened for you? Someone just said, "Hey, I like your voice. Make a demo." No, I just no. I've got some found some shady ass manager. <laughs> my buddy just dropped because he. I remember he tried to get me to get his kids' guitar tuned, and I was like. I went to go meet him in his office and he's like, hey, you play guitar? I was like, I mean, kind of. I, I got one in college and I fuck around on it, but I, I don't know if I can really play. He's like, can you get my son's guitar tuned? And I was like, yeah. Said, do, do you get, I think he said it was like an audition you had for me. He was like, no, I just see if you can get that guitar tuned. I was like, oh boy, I'm going to go back home to Seattle probably. <laughs> oh my God. And, uh, and so, uh, so that was awful. But he, but, but he got you. An, anyway, so room. that was, he got me the, uh, put me in touch with somebody to make a demo to then get this voice of Rage, and then that's how Alicia started. Yeah. But um, I did ADR work for Bruce Willis for uh, a couple of years. Wait, and that you was did like his the first voice? job. Yeah. So, so the you ADR. Do a pretty good that's how I met. No, I don't. I was just, I was able to like mimic his voice a little bit. Let me hear, but I, let me hear a little bit of that. I don't, I mean, it's not even an impression. It literally was like a li- listening to a, I'd listen to a bunch and then I would just like immediately do it back. But it was a lot of like really breathy, like, you know, you should maybe get off that couch. <laughs> uh, pillow's too close to you. <laughs> like just really breathy light stuff but but it's not like a it's a real specific voice even there'd be times where I would like read a line back and they'd play it back and be like dude that's fucking great dude you sound and then at one point they even said that he said I sound more like him than me and I literally <laughs> would listen to it and I'm like that doesn't sound anything <laughs> like him. All I hear is my voice. You know, yeah. I'm like you get to a point where you're like, oh yeah, I think I did like imitate that well, or I did, you know, like you can hear it. And I'm just like, 
that is not close. And they're like, this is so good, dude. And I'm like, it's not. I, I you guys are dumb. This is not, you should not use this. And I remember I did this monologue for him in a GI, one of the G.I. Joes. And I remember uh, watching it and I was like, it literally just sounds like I was just like, it's, hey, what up, Bruce Willis time. Like, you know, it's not even, and I just, you know. So, what again, great example, and you don't know. Yeah, you well, know. Dean Edwards, like, all Dean his Edwards. bills got paid for by doing Eddie Murphy as a donkey uh, in Trek. So all those commercials, when it's cartoon, I'm, donkey, I'm gonna, Trek, that's I, all I, Dean Edwards. The man. I'm going to disagree with Adam Ugh. because I saw the same work he did. He was great <clears> in it. And I do a ton of voice matching ADR work. And if you do it right, like Adam did. Yeah. It's unnoticeable. Dean is, he only hears it because it's in his head. Yeah. Dean right. is the man, by the way. Yeah. He's great, man. But his, his you know, his Eddie Murphy thing, like, that's the gift that keeps on giving. Like, 10 years later, like, it is. hey, Eddie Murphy, yep. he's not around. Can you do this? It's nice, to, it's nice to have a perfect mimic of an, irre, an unreliable actor. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of work. Yeah. Unreliable, irreplaceable. Are there other actors that you kind of, like, uh, sort of ADR for or you could no. do or anyone and when you like I can do this person <laughs> like for me the closest I, I could do is Matthew McConaughey just because it's my do it. accent I mean uh, alright alright hold on you know thing like about high school girls I keep getting older and older they stay the same age cut Matthew the uh, the line actually was what hey do you guys know where the pool hall is hey y'all, y'all play foosball no no, no pool, <laughs> pool hall hey, you hey. actually made up that actually was that actually was you, not the character, <laughs> saying that thing about girls. And uh, oh, we shit, did record man. that. We will probably be sending you some paperwork. No, you can't just make noises, Matt. It's, uh, <laughs> that's not going to get you out of this predicament. Uh, so is there anyone that you naturally feel like you sound like? Sally Field, probably. Yeah, I was going to say that. Maybe a little, you sound like Adam Sandler sometimes. You're my right? Sally you Field, ready? Adam Sandler, right? Maybe, if you yeah, I'm to. sure, yeah, yeah. Sally Field, ready? Yeah. The whole time, the whole time, the whole time, I have to go. We have to go. I have to go. We're leaving. I'm going. Mrs. Doubtfire. What? Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, wow. That was good. Oh, yeah. Wow. Here's another side feel. Ready? (laughs) Mrs. Doubtfire, will you join us? That, That was pretty good. So look, a lot of comics are going to come on this podcast and go, I do a Sally Field. Yeah. And you're going to be like, I, I bet you do. Sally Field I'm not going to make you do it. To be honest, everyone's doing Sally Field now. It's like walk-in Nicholson Sally Field. Hilarious <laughs> if it was. Mary fuck, <laughs> Mary fuck Kill, by the way. And then we'll wrap this up. What's your Mary Fuck Kill for that? I you mean, said walk-in. Who was the other one? You, you marry Nicholson because he's about to die so you can get all of his money. You kill walk-in because he's... Crazy. He's on the boat with Natalie. And then you you, you, you fucking marry uh, Sally Field. Marry Sally Field. Damn, he might have nailed it. You did nail it. Can I tell you a really quick Nicholson story? Yeah. It was a Laker game. Got to be in that little area in the back thing, this old bar where they hang out at. And then go to the bathroom where the bathroom is like a door there and a door there just right next to each other. And then a little hallway. And then in that hallway there was, in the long hallway part, there was like a cutout for a little wall and a chair to sit there. So you walk in, you're standing Against a wall that's just facing the two doors for the bathroom. Make sense? Layout-wise? Yeah. So everyone's there. Nicholson's sitting in that corner, right? So people were waiting in line in the bathroom. He's sitting there in the chair, just kind of like in a corner that's basically almost looks like looks like the bathroom attendant, but he's just a guy in a corner, a creepy <laughs> guy in a corner, sitting there with the shades on, holding a coffee cup. Everyone's in line. Clearly, it's him. You're staying there, looking, waiting to go in the bathroom, but 
Everyone just wants to be like, what up, dude? What, uh, what movie are you seeing? And he's like, we're at the game, you know? And uh, and then one guy was in front of me and he was shit faced and he starts fucking freaking out that Jack's there and he's like hitting his butt. He's like, fuck. And Jack's starting to see them. I start watching him watch these guys plan their their uh, entry into his, you know, brain. Yeah. And uh, and then one of them just goes goes to the bathroom. So the other guy's there, and he goes, "What's up, Jack? Big, <laughs> big, big fan." And, like, and he was like, "Thanks," <laughs> like that. And then he goes, "What are you doing, man?" I beat. What are you doing, man? And then Jack goes. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm sitting right by this guy. He goes, what does it look like I'm doing? Drinking a fucking coffee. <laughs> Just chilling in the bathroom, drinking his coffee. Chilling in the bathroom. What are you doing? What do you think I'm doing? You're looking right at me, man. And I just wow. kind of laugh. And he goes, ha, ah, feel that. Right? And he's just like, <laughs> And then the guy goes in the bathroom. And then I went over and I was like, dude, and I was like, you know, big fan went to you know an acting school like you you're just you're you're great man you know and he was like i appreciate it and he's like you're an actor he goes never stop it and i was like Whoa, cool that's cool to like, hear yeah yeah because he could have been a fucking total dick he'd be like go back to fucking whatever yeah like, i tried to be real brief and i just feel like telling him and i was like man a lot yeah, of your stuff is cool. like really you know been inspiring and and uh and like never stop it. I was just like, was a very direct, like, yeah. not even like a dude. Just keep at it. Like you got, there's highs, there's downs. He was just like, don't quit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, That's right? All it is. That's, That's all this. Yeah, this life is just fucking. But also, he doesn't. It's like you know, what is that based off? He hasn't seen a. He hasn't yeah. seen me play the cowardly lion in the fifth grade. <laughs> and maybe he has. And maybe that's why I said. Or maybe he meant to say quit. <laughs> Stop. But never. He just, you know. Oh, he meant like, don't, don't quit. quit. Don't, yeah. Quit. yeah. <laughs> don't. Don't, don't, don't quit. quit. Oh, you're an actor. Don't quit. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Too man. Close. Throw a comma in there. So do, life. do you, uh, Adam Ray. Yeah. Is there, a place where, is, there, is there a place where you land? <laughs> Do you look at? Do you have a thing where you go, man? This is where I've landed. Because you just talk about the grinding going on. That's what it is. But is there a moment where you will think I can stop and just chill for a bit? No, no, it's not. A, it doesn't exist. Not happening. Like there's no thing that you you grab a ring where you go. No. Okay, now I can just fucking go on vacation. No. No. Yeah. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. But there's nothing in your head, even even you could imagine like a, a like a. I don't know, an Oscar or a, a huge Madison Square Garden. Or is there something that, Fuck, like, you kind of... I don't know. No. Just addicted to it all. Yeah. I'll just keep... Uh, it's also, I just... I, I don't feel like I'm at my best, or I don't feel good if I'm not trying to just... Improve. Actively, yeah, improve and, and just, you know, for lack of a better word, create, but just just do. I just, you know... But, and I mean, keep... And, yeah. and, it, and it just takes a minute to get... You know, on your feet and, and whatever, even if it's you know, successful or not, but just like into the habit of doing something to, that you dig, and whether it's a podcast or stand up or writing or whatever, and um, and so just getting to that place to where it's now become like second nature, and knowing how tough it is to get motivated and whatever, and it still have a lot of times when it's uh, you know like anyone to tough to get you know. Uh, after just the monotony of whatever settled in, even though you feel like you are growing and you're trying to challenge yourself, but um, uh, needing, uh, just needing to be stimulated in that way with whatever it is that that yeah. I am trying to. Uh, and, and, you know, there's just so many, I've not enough time in the day and I don't sleep enough, but um, 
But I, you know, I don't know. I just feel like I, and the comparing thing, like everybody does it. I think there's some value to it because I think it does like can light a fire you a little bit. Yeah. yeah, but um, but yeah, I don't know. I just want. There's a certain point. I want like what Sandler has, where you just got so much. You've done enough great stuff to where you really have like control to just be like, to go to your buddies and be like, you got any funny ideas? Do you want to make that? That would remember that the we thing can we do used to talk Hawaii? about. Can we try to write that? Try to write that. Oh, you are you great at doing that? Oh, cool. I'm gonna I'm in a position to make all those things that you want to do. We'll do that. So yeah. every couple of years, let's do one. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be in it maybe or whatever or vice versa. Yeah. And then you just yeah. got your buddies and you go, well, come do this thing. Are you kidding me? That's the what is what else would you want to do other than that? Yeah, and they're always in like a cool country or Hawaii. Like he's just like, hey, let's we got a reverse engineer movie that takes place on a fucking island. Yeah. His next six movies no. are just places he wants to vacation. Yeah, it's exactly. Genius. Which is yeah, you're right. It's absolutely genius. And people go. Sandler is the underrated auteur of the era. You totally. know, like he totally. was going out and making his own films with his own vision. Yep. Yeah. In a comedy sense, and nobody, nobody. And really he's also about like on, on the on the low. He's got these amazing acting chops too. Yeah. Yeah. That will come out every once in, every couple of years. You'll see him like, damn, that's very good. Yeah. Like really twenty. Act. Impactful movies. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah, this is a good paradigm to look at, man. Yeah. yeah. I know you've been here for a while. Yeah, I got to bounce. Is that cool? You early night. Yeah, of course. But, dude, you, you I mean, I could talk Thank for hours, so but yeah. But I think we did that. <laughs> yeah. We, we accomplished a lot. Talk, we'll see how long it is after we, we have. Anyway, thanks you for edit it? Um, Are we going to edit this? Fuck? An hour 30. No, bro. Oh, great. That's fine, yeah. right? How yeah, long do you usually do? No, it's great. I mean, yeah, it's perfect, man. Anything you want to say? Anything worse than kids? There's there's Barney and there's Barney's. There you go, guys. Remember that. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Cup Adam Ray. And but Justin, what's Justin your last name? Ruppel. Justin Ruppel. Sign off from the Adflash. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. <laughs>